Hello, and welcome to the Neshama Project podcast, where we explore spiritual tools for human thriving. I'm Rabbi Ben Newman. This week, I'm going to return to looking at Hasidic commentaries on the Torah portion. This week's Torah portion that I'm looking at is Vayakhel, and it's actually a double portion this week, Vayakhel and Bakude, but I'm just going to concentrate on Parshat Vayakhel. I'm going to look at some Hasidic commentaries as translated by Dr. Arthur Green in his book around Speaking Torah, Volume 1, Spiritual Teachings from Around the Magid's Table. And we're going to start with a commentary from Ma'or Enaim, Menachem Nachem of Chernobyl, Rabbi Menachem Nachem of Chernobyl, who was from the first generation of Hasidic masters. Uh, he lived around 1763 to 1797. And then we're going to look at a piece by Rebbe Tzvi Hirsch of Nedvorna, who lived from 1740 to 1802. Uh, his book is called Semach Hashem Litzvi. And then the third piece we're going to look at is from Kedushat Levi, from Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, who lived from around 1740 to 1809. With that, let's dive in. Our first piece from the Maori Naim is on Exodus 35, 1-2, where it says, Moses assembled the whole community of Israel, saying, These are the things that God commanded to do. Six days shall work be done, and, on the, and the seventh day will be holy. He says, Why is shall work be done written in this passive form? This seems to indicate that the work is done on its own. Know him in all your ways, Proverbs 3.6, means that everything you do or see should be in accord with the Torah that lies within it. This requires total faith that all things come about in accord with Torah. This is what the prophet Prophet Habakkuk meant by summarizing all the commandments in one. Babylonian Talmud, Makot 24a, quote, The righteous shall live by his faith, unquote. Habakkuk 2.4 Faith lies at the root. With faith you will surely fulfill no God in all your ways, thinking that it is not you, but rather the Torah that is doing this commercial transaction, or whatever it is. It is the Torah within it that is active. By Torah's hand, the act gets done on its own, then garbing itself in you, the particular person, working through your limbs and speech as you fulfill the mitzvot that lie within this deed. This is what Moses is teaching the people. Even though it is necessary to engage in labor, know that it too is Torah. These are the things. Six days shall work be done. These are the things 
or words, devarim, means that the work that gets done on the six days is also by the hand of Torah. Then the seventh day will be holy. When you act in this way all through the six days, the seventh will surely be holy, for you will have drawn holiness into the entire week. Quote, the one who makes an effort on the eve of the Sabbath will eat on the Sabbath. From Babylonian Talmud, Ahodah 3a, the six days are referred to as Chol, weekday, or mundane. The real meaning is like that of, quote, I have placed sand, Chol, as a border to the sea, unquote, Jeremiah 5.22. God willing, when our Messiah comes, there will be, quote, a day that is entirely Sabbath, unquote. Then, quote, all the, work, all the workers of iniquity will be scattered, unquote. Psalm 92.10. All the shells will disappear. Only the holy will exist. But here in our exile, we still need to draw holiness into the six weekdays, the times when holiness faces obstacles in its path. We draw that holiness forth by living out, quote, know God in all your ways, unquote, not letting the, quote, sand, unquote, of chol, chol is a double meaning here, meaning sand and mundane, surrounding the sea of wisdom or Torah become a barrier. So this first text really shows how Hasidism sees spirituality and holiness in our everyday work. Recognizing that our work in this world during the week, not just on Shabbat, is a setting to bring spirituality, holiness, the divine into the world. And it's easy to forget when we're engaged in whatever work we're engaged in, which is quote-unquote weekday work or whole work, <laughs> uh, that it's all holy. And the reason we create a day of Shabbat is to remind us of that potential for everything to be holy. This also reminds me of the Zen Buddhist statement, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Right? Chopping wood and carrying water can be the practice in and of itself. Cleaning the house can be spiritual practice. Interacting with your family is spiritual practice. Doing your job is spiritual practice, potentially. And that's what it's saying in this teaching here, which I think is beautiful. The second teaching is from Tzemach Hashem Litzvi. As I said, that's Tzvi Hirsch of Nedvorna, Rebbe Tzvi Hirsch of Nedvorna. And it's on Exodus 35, 25 to 26, where it says, Each woman, kol isha, 
who was wise of heart, in her hands wove and brought her weaving. All the women whose hearts lifted them up in wisdom wove the goatskins. In the first verse, in her hands appears in the singular form, while wove is in the plural. Further, why is there need for both this verse and the one that follows with some differences between them? I have taught that the feminine above, Shekhinah, includes all human women, as is known. She is therefore called Kol Isha, the entirety of womanhood. Cross-reference to Zohar 1.228a. This is each woman, Kol Isha, who was wise of heart. Shekhinah is also called, quote, the lower wisdom, unquote, deriving from the 32, lev, or heart, lamed bet, paths of wisdom above. In her hands refers to, quote, she holds the distaff in her hands and her palms grasp the spindle, Proverbs 31.19. Wove in the plural refers to the earthly women who did the weaving. This is similar to what is said about the truly pious who might pray all day long. Babylonian Talmud, Brachot 35b. How will their work get done? If they are so pious, their work will get done by itself, by the hands from above. This would come about through the revealing of upper wisdom. But the second verse, all the women wove the goatskins, says that the women had to arouse themselves from below so that their hearts lifted them up, rising upward. And this text can also be read as a very similar text to the one before, uh, but perhaps here just focusing on the female, the feminine side, and the Shekhinah. And what it's saying is that the curtains for the Mishkan were woven by the Shekhinah herself, acting through the hearts and hands of the women of Israel. But it was still them in their own efforts who actually did the work. So our appreciation of the ways that God is acting in and through us doesn't allow us, even for a moment, to hold back from stretching our own souls to reach upward, to reach toward the divine, to reach toward holiness. So we have to bring it from inside of ourselves, not just depend on the faith. So maybe that's a little bit how it's different here, right? That there is an quote-unquote arousal from below that we have to cause ourselves to recognize that our work is holy. And the third text that I'd like to present today is from Kedushat Levi, Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, on Exodus 36.7. The work was sufficient for them, for all they were to do, and more. There are two words here that seem to contradict one another. If it was sufficient, what is the more? Betzalel knew the permutations of letters through which heaven and earth were created, unquote. And that's a quote from 
Babylonian Talmud, Brachot 55a. God placed wisdom, understanding, and awareness in their hearts. God grants this power to the righteous of each generation, as the tzaddikim engage in Torah and offer new interpretations, they are creating a new heaven and a new earth. In constructing the tabernacle, its builders directed their Holy Spirit to be in precise accord with divine wisdom, performing acts of union and permutations of letters with each vessel they formed and each deed they undertook. Had they wanted to direct their labors in accord with expansive mind, they could have gone on endlessly, for the Spirit of God was upon them. But they had to put limits on their work. Thus they left room for the righteous still to come along in the future to teach about the construction of the tabernacle, each of them using their minds to uncover secrets of wisdom in every word and in each vessel. Thus they would bring about ever new acts of sublime union. In creating the world, God left over some of the creative energy, putting a limit on creation, in order to leave room for the righteous yet to come to be creative as well. So too with the building of the tabernacle. That is why scripture says both sufficient for them and more. Sufficient means that they placed limits on their work for all they were to do, setting it up so that it would bring about unification in the upper mind. They carried this as far as their own minds would permit, but more means that they left room for the righteous and wise in every generation who would hear and learn of the erection of the tabernacle to continue to build, to continue the building and add of their own mind as far as their own understanding can reach. So I love this text because it opens up the enterprise of spiritual understanding to every generation. It opens up an opportunity for creativity and adding a voice to every single generation. And it recognizes that humanity and human civilization and the natural order are all in a state of evolution and that the sacred forms of spirituality and religion need to evolve with them. It's a very Jewish renewal slash reconstructionist sort of way of looking at the Jewish spiritual path even though it's coming from a Hasidic master who lived in the late 18th, early 19th century. So that's it for the Neshama Project this week. Until next time, I'm Rabbi Ben Newman. Take care.